0: Hey guys, just wanted to take a second before we get started and say uh, we're keeping a lot of people in our thoughts and prayers right now as we're putting this podcast together. uh, The hurricane is creeping up on Florida, and we have a lot of people who've been on the podcast uh, who are either somewhere in the path of the hurricane or maybe have already fled the state. Thinking about Mike Chavez and his family, thinking about Casey Haas, Nate Claiborne, uh, the guys at Key Life, uh, Chad and Eric. Uh, We're keeping all you guys in our prayers. That you pull through this uh, safe on the other side. Alright, let's get to it.
1: Like, we're just gonna go with our static routine. It's Tuesday, it's time to have sex, you know? Like, Papa John's <laughs> is on sale. $5 medium pieces. it's sex night.
0: But that wasn't good hair, Uncle Jesse. That no. was mullet Jesse.
1: That was, that was when he worked for his dad at the bug company or whatever.
0: If you, if you get to be A famous enough author, have you ever thought about combining your two names into one name and just going by (laughs) Saras?
1: I could honestly say that's never crossed my mind.
0: Just S-A-R-A-S, Saras.
1: Saras. I kind of like that, you know? Like Madonna, you just go by one, (laughs) Saras. That's nice. You know, sometimes people... And often call me Tara. Uh-huh. And I, I guess that's like the first Sarah Terrace. Like they just kind of combine it and go with Tara. And okay. I've gotten to the point now, 16 years in, being Tara, that I just go with it. But <laughs> that's that's good. That's more original. I like that, <laughs> Saris.
0: Uh, speaking of Tara, this is a big day for you. I don't know if you realize this or not, but when mm-hmm. you... When you enter your name into Amazon, because I've I've been watching Amazon to see when your book is going to come out, Uh when I put Sarah Terrace in, the first up to today, because it just changed today, Sarah.
1: (gasps) Oh, really? Nice. It did. You're number one now. Yes. I'm number one Sarah Terrace.
0: (laughs) Because prior to this, every time I put your name in, the first result would be uh, lesbian porn. Yes.
1: Yes. Sarah and Tara's.
0: <laughs> Sarah and Tara. Sarah and Tara's stories. Book yeah. one.
1: <laughs> book one. For 99
0: one. cents on Kindle.
1: I should just get that. Um, Just out of sheer, you know, hilarity. <laughs> I mean, we're in the right genre, right? So. <laughs> By
0: I actually... Lexi Smith. Are you Lexi Smith? Is this just not... part I... of. Part of the whole marketing process.
1: <laughs> I go by different aliases. <clears throat> that would be brilliant, though, to write erotica mm-hmm. and then write a book about less. so you provide, like, your own, like, audience. hmm You know? Like, here are these people in need. And now I'm going to encourage them out of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Been I, I will say this about Sarah and Tara's stories, book one. The cover leaves little to the imagination. Like, you know, like right from the outset, like, okay, this is this is lesbian erotica. Like, I, I haven't stumbled into something else. I know exactly what I'm getting into with, with this. This is lesbian erotica. I, do,
1: I am a little bit disappointed, though, because how am I going to compete with the cover of that book? You know, like my cover and that cover. Not exactly. There's no competition there. So.
0: Well, it just changed today because before we before we started recording, I went I went to Amazon and typed your name in, and and boom, "Women and Lust: Exposed, Forgiven, and Embraced" by Sarah Terrace is the number one result. Woo!
1: I I actually had a pastor um, who read it, read my book, and he reached out to me, and he was like. Um, He's like, yeah, when I went to look it up on Amazon, I suddenly had a need for your book. And I cracked up laughing because I knew exactly what he was talking about. I'm like, yeah, you do. (laughs) Uh, Sorry about Jim.
0: Seems like Lexi Smith could have at least written you like a uh, like an endorsement on the back of it or something.
1: You know, maybe I should reach out to her.
0: Do so like, I mean, think it's a her? What do you if it's wanna,
1: a dude? Oh, that's true. You want to go collabsies, like <laughs> on another pro- on book two? <laughs> uh,
0: Lexi uh, Smith.
1: Lexi Smith. Shout out to Lexi Smith.
0: Yeah. All right. So I have been I have been reading your book,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I just want to say, you know, sometimes uh, when I see like uh, you know books in this genre. Like at the Christian bookstore, I, I kind of make like the winking hand motion and roll my eyes. Like, <laughs> oh, like, this is so pretentious. Like, this person's just trying to impress everybody. Uh, not the case with your book. I, I, you know, you know, our friends, obviously. Yeah. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read what you write anyway. But I, I really was impressed by just how down to earth and relatable it was.
1: Aw, thank you. Uh,
0: I'm going to read. Uh, probably some of my favorite parts so far. I'm, I'm going to read this. Um, Lust can be used as a coping mechanism for escaping reality. When I am faced with my own brokenness, insecurities, or difficulty in life, I will take healthy attraction to another person, turning what is good into something that is not good—a lust-filled fantasy to cope. Everyone is broken and looks to something, to, looks to something for escape from reality. We are looking for an attempt to gain control in a situation where we feel out of control. That's really good stuff. Can you? Add, no, I didn't tell you I was going to read that before we started this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about like what was you know where that came from and and, and what you were trying to do with that?
1: Uh, oh wow. Uh, <laughs> sure. Let me try. Um, Well, and I think, too, just backtracking a little bit to what you said about people sounding very pretentious, like I feel like whenever um, most of the books that I read, there really aren't any books about this for women um, in the more conservative side of things. I've read – I know when I went searching for myself years ago for help, I would just always have to read books for men. And it's Mm -hmm. very – uh, there's not a lot of confession on behalf of the author. It's very, there's, there's almost this disconnect between the author who has all of the answers uh, for your problem and the audience. And I just, going into it, um, confession, the me too, you know, is such a huge thing Um, especially when you're dealing with an issue that is so personal and so, um, uh, it's just, it's touchy. It's difficult. You know, nobody wants to talk about, this is like that dark part of you, you know, that most people don't want to discuss. Um, Mm -hmm. and because it hasn't been discussed as a woman, it's just, um, it's even more difficult. And so, you know, I know for me going through life and trying to talk to other women about it, it was when the women came alongside of me and said, me too, that was the game changer. And so I just knew approaching this, uh, it is something that is very close to me and something that I deal with. And so I just felt, you know, really compelled to lead with my own confession and for the reader to come alongside and be the one to say me too. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I, I guess just, you know, I, I don't really know how to add more to what I said there except that um, I think we try to shame in the Christian world the, the symptom of whatever it is. And we never go underneath and we never approach it with understanding um, it's just, you broke this shame on you. You know, there's never a, but why, you know, let's like, let, let's go down and let's get to the why, you know, um, what is it that I'm searching for? What is it that I'm, um, trying to cope with? What insecurity am I wrestling with? Um, because you're, if you don't, get down to that you're just putting a band-aid on a gaping wound and it's pointless you know and then you end up like shaming yourself um when you don't need to you know I just um yeah I just I think there's always a thing beneath the thing and I think that we do ourselves a disservice whenever we just try to go at it from the surface or the um symptom rather than like get to the heart of what's going on in a person and just being gentle with that person and learning to be gentle with yourself you know because we have we have forgiveness and we have compassion in Christ um so then you know Anyway,
0: all that. Well, one to say. thing. I
1: don't yeah. know if that was what you were looking for, but
0: yeah, it was. Okay. Um, I, I I caught something you said at the beginning where you're talking about looking for something from like a conservative point of view. That's gotta be the difficult part too, I would imagine, of you know trying to find the um, trying to find that sweet spot between like really dogmatic, but also like you know holding to some semblance of like a biblical view of sexuality. And not just going like too far the other way of saying you know everything's okay.
1: Right. Oh yeah, that I <laughs> I actually felt that stress while I was writing it. Um, uh-huh. That that stress between being a legalist and being an antinomian, you know, yep. and and just shaming everything or letting everything go and just making it oh it's fine, you know, and I think. I think Christ meets us in both places, but I think if you're going to be faithful, um, you got to, you got to stress to go between those two uh, sides of the pendulum and hold that middle ground. And it's, it's hard to do like, that's honestly the biggest, I think thing that while I was writing that I kept coming back to was not swinging too far either way and being faithful to um, being honest Uh, but then being on, you know, Christ, he didn't just show up and say, oh, it's cool. You know, like when he met the woman at the well, he exposed her, but then Mm -hmm. he stayed with her, you know, like he didn't just say, hey, no probs. You've had all these (laughs) like stitches in your life. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah. You've had five husbands and the bro you're living with now is not your husband, you know, but he didn't. He, he exposed that truth about her but then he stayed with her and that's what removes the shame and that there him being with her and not moving away in that exposure uh is what caused her to go out and say guys <laughs> come meet a man that just told me everything i've ever done um and I think that's that's how Christ meets us. And so it's not a shying away from the truth and exposing our darkness, but it's it's exposing it and bringing it to Christ and, you know, letting him cover that shame. And um, that's where I think uh, change, if you want to call it change, you know, change of heart begins to take place. So...
0: That's a great example. Uh, that's a great example of the woman at the well. What, uh, what kind of things are you are you hearing back? Let me put you on the spot. What kind of things are you <laughs> hearing back from the book so far?
1: Uh, honestly, it's all been positive uh, very encouraging very we'll um, change that nah. <laughs> Go leave anonymous blog actually the guy I had a guy this week I put it I posted his comment on Twitter uh, to my blog because I kind of did a little you know nod to that hey this is out on my blog and this guy totally used it for um justifying his own uh just oh my gosh mess and just it's clear that he doesn't understand female sexuality and he's just looking for another way to blame women for things wait wait uh, wait
0: a minute you were, you were feuding with someone on 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 Twitter, on
1: Twitter. I know shock shocker. shocker that doesn't sound
0: like the Sarah I know. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So I obliterated him. I didn't. I was kind. I cut off the part that had his name and email address, um, and then I just went for the topic, uh, and you know, just kind of line by line, eviscerated him. <laughs> but, um, but honestly, like apart from that, it's you know, a lot that I've heard back has just been that it's it's gospel rich and encouraging, and um, both from men and women. So that. It's been good, you know, I thought for sure. I mean it's only been out for a couple of weeks. Um, and I expected people to come back uh, and kind of wag their fingers at me for not giving people tips on how to fix it because I don't mm-hmm. do that because I don't I don't think it's a thing you can fix. Uh, and so the whole premise is just going, you know understanding that um, God is safe to go to with your darkest, struggles um and that he does offer forgiveness and he does embrace us versus hiding from him and so you know I've been kind of waiting for that but it nothing has happened yet uh uh, and I was a little concerned that perhaps from the liberal side you know because I'm not conservative enough and I'm not liberal enough you know (laughs) like I'm just stuck in this weird awkward position and so I I've been a little nervous that perhaps some of the ways uh, that I worded things might get some uh, side eye from liberals, but really, I <laughs> I haven't had an, any real pushback. Um, just more a guy that clearly didn't read it and just wants to excuse himself from any responsibility of his own garbage. But you know, other than that, it's been it's been good.
0: Mm-hmm. Was was the guy uh, Jacob Goff?
1: Yes. <laughs> I thought so Totally, you know it was Jacob
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay, so it's available right now It's not out on Amazon yet It will be, but right now it's available At Key Life and New Growth Press, you said?
1: Yes, yeah If you want the single, go to keylife.org for four bucks And if you want to buy them in like groups of five Like packets of five uh, For groups or whatever You can get a discount at New Growth Press From the publisher
0: Excellent. It's an excellent book. I highly recommend it. Thanks. Even though, even though this, this is a strike against you, even though you left me a positive review for Naked Side Hugs, <laughs> I feel like that that sort of like it uh, calls into question your 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 character as a as a writer.
1: That's true on this subject. I loved that book, <laughs> but of course I would, you know. The, was it a helicopter?
0: <laughs> I, I don't recall, Sarah.
1: Yeah, that was probably my favorite part of the book. I Obvious. wish you could have.
0: I wish you could have seen my wife's face when she read that for the first time.
1: <laughs> oh, I bet. I bet. I bet. <laughs> that
0: was that was a tipping point for our marriage. Mm. She read that point. She read that part. She was like, "What? What?" And I said, "Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know that feels wrong. <laughs> I know
1: that feels
0: wrong. But explain to me why it's wrong."
1: Did she? And she was what like,
0: she did? "What? I, it, you are too much." <laughs> <'Cause> she, <laughs> it's one of those things like where it, t- it clearly feels wrong, but when you actually try to explain why, it's like, uh, well, I mean, okay."
1: Oh, that was the best part of the whole book, frankly. (laughs) That was my favorite. (laughs) That whole scene. (sighs) As it would be. which is why I needed to write a book on the subject of lust and female sexuality. You know, hey.
0: I'm not going to say I thought of you during that part because that's (laughs) creepy. (laughs) But I definitely, like, when I finished, like, the whole thing, I was like, okay, at least Sarah Terrace. <laughs> at least she is gonna laugh at this if nobody else.
1: Oh man, that's an honor. I feel honored right there. Like I don't care how <laughs> many reviews and pads on the back I get for my little mini book. That right there, I'm set for life.
0: <laughs> because we have a we have a very specific wheelhouse, Sarah, and that is, it has to be inappropriate inappropriate enough. To make people angry, Mm -hmm. but it can't be too inappropriate to where it's actually sinful. So that like everything like in between there is sort of where it's like we're the 12 year old boys, basically.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, if you can hang with 12 year old boys, you can hang with.
0: And I just feel like there's not nearly enough of there's not nearly enough attention paid to that demographic Mm -hmm. in Christian culture, which is why we're so important, frankly, (laughs)
1: I agree. I agree. We are creating spaces, safe spaces for people to uh, not take themselves too seriously. I think that's invaluable, Matthew.
0: Okay. So we got to talk about probably the <clears throat> most important topic that we've ever had on the podcast. Mm-hmm. And it, it had to be you to answer this. Yes. Okay. Because of everything we just described. If you go back to tgif Uh the tgif television block of the late 80s and 90s my
1: favorite yes
0: you got full house you've got family matters you've got step by step you've got boy meets world which of the married couples on tgif had the most sex
1: love this question. <laughs> and I'm going to up your ante on this question in just a second okay. because I don't think we this this is an incomplete. If we are going to be faithful to the listeners of fun sexy bible time and faithful to our research, we are going to have to ask a deeper question. But
0: Okay. All right.
1: Okay. But to start out, <clears throat> I would have to say Wait, yeah. wait, wait, can, can
0: we just go through the list first yes. and then Let's you tell me which list. one? Yeah. Okay. This, these are the, we'll try to go like in the order that they would come on. I know the lineups changed through the years, but okay. Start with Full House. Okay. The married couple on Full House that we have to use is Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky.
1: Right. And they're hot. Okay. They're sexy they are hot. people. But. But. <laughs> but they live in the attic with their yes. twin boys. Yes. There's just not a lot of action going on there. You and I both know how it works with the children. you got to be yes. creative. And in that house, I mean, I'd kind of like to know where, you know, and how, like that blog post you wrote about, like, was it was it something about Christian, either places to have sex or something? It was I would something... never
0: write anything like that, Sarah.
1: <laughs> yes, you would, because it was tough. Talk... Like there was a kid <laughs> sticking his fingers out of the door. Anyway, I was I remember because I commented and you did a part two uh, because of in the closet. But anyway, whatever. <laughs> All that to say, I would love to know the places in that house there and like was it San Francisco where yep. they found creative. Safe places to get their groove on.
0: <clears throat> Here's my problem. I have some problems with them. Kay. First of all, it's in the attic, like you yes. said, mm-hmm. which also means probably everybody in that house is gonna hear.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's
0: because true. Y- y- any creak in the attic, like you hear it, so, like whether or not there's a, like another story up there or not, even if it's just you know in the crawl space, like above yeah. your, your ceiling, like you hear everything. So everybody's gonna hear them getting down. Mm-hmm. Also. I don't know what the bathroom access is.
1: Mm, I think we've talked about this before. Uh okay. yeah, I don't recall there being a bathroom upstairs in the attic.
0: Most that's that's the most unbelievable part of the entire show is that Aunt <laughs> Becky would agree to move in to an attic. She is a successful career woman. She's yeah. definitely got her own place. She's definitely got a loft downtown somewhere. Yeah. And she's gonna move into an attic with a guy whose claim to fame is that he knows the Beach Boys and has really good hair.
1: (laughs) Yes, with all these other people.
0: Uh,
1: Yeah. And you know, Uncle
0: Joey's creepy. He's 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 definitely like recording
1: (laughs) from the basement. He's got like video surveillance (laughs) where he's wired it through that house because he's smart enough to do that.
0: Man, so we're okay. I'm I'm ranting too much. Let's keep going. Family Matters. You have mm-hmm. Carl and Harriet Winslow.
1: Now, I'm just saying, out of all the TJIF peeps, I think they are probably getting it the most.
0: Oh, I, I, Okay. I, I'll, I'll let you have that wrong opinion. We'll talk about that in a minute.
1: Working in their just,
0: favor. Go ahead. Go ahead.
1: I mean, they're just so like – there's just this tension between us. There those, is a
0: tension. You know? Yes, there is a tension.
1: But I mean, it could it could go the opposite way. But there could be a way that they have to work out that tension constantly. I'm just saying, that's one way to go about it.
0: Working in their favor, he is a policeman, <clears throat> which opens up some role play possibilities.
1: Oh, true, true, true. Uh,
0: with the handcuffs. Uh huh. Working against him. I mean, there's no nice way to say this, but that dude's got a big old belly. <laughs> just snorted. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> so <laughs> But she so, seems like a very like playful, like sensual woman. Like I don't know. I just see her being very flirty and very like, what's up? You know.
0: Yeah, I'm just she saying can like work I work around it. I literally <laughs> I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I'm just—I've got questions. I've just got uh-huh. questions. I'm not saying that Carl is not getting down. Uh-huh. I just have questions. I have stamina issues. Also, like, w- what criminals is he catching from behind? Like, <laughs> I just have questions about Carl Winslow's stamina. I'm sorry. Okay,
1: but <clears throat> but the counter argument is that what is her name? I can't think of her name. Uh, Harriet. Harriet. Yes. Okay. She just seems. Like a woman that gets what she's after. Like, I agree. you don't tell that woman no. She's not going to, you know, she's going to mm-hmm. find a way. When there is a will, there is a way. And she seems like a woman that takes charge. Carl ain't got to worry about his stamina, okay, with a woman like that.
0: She'll okay. get it done.
1: She'll get it done. That's all I'm saying.
0: Okay. <laughs> all right. I'm going to bring one more counter argument to that, which Ooh. is I don't know if you remember this, there was an episode where Steve had like rigged up some kind of like motion sensor, like motion camera, like where he was like some like with the neighborhood watch or something. I think it was the neighborhood watch episode. I and this. he was like, "And you know, Carl, I haven't seen a lot of motion in your bedroom at night these last couple of weeks." And then Carl was like, "Well, you know, I hurt my back. Get out of here, Steve." <laughs> So he tried to blame it on like a bum back, but he clearly wasn't denying the fact that there had been okay. not a lot going on in his bedroom.
1: Okay, okay. Well, perhaps.
0: So those are my thoughts. Let's keep on. Okay. Okay. Step by step, you have what was it? Frank and Carol Lambert, I think, were their yes. names. Like Patrick Duffy, Suzanne uh-huh. Summers.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: This was the one. Like I'm really, I don't know how to judge them <laughs> because they're both they're both attractive people. Uh huh. A uh, big house, so mm-hmm. you know,
1: Spaces room to hide.
0: Mhm. Uh, a lot of a lot of people in the house, though. Yes. A lot of a lot of older teenagers that you know would be up late at night. Well, that that shortens the window mm-hmm. uh, as far as you know what and when you can do do it. Um, I don't know. Like, what are your thoughts on on the Lamberts? I really struggled <laughs> to,
1: to get. A- <laughs> I kind of honestly like I struggled for them too, and I was thinking about it. Um. And I think, this is where my second question is going to benefit these people, but, or my follow-up question, but I think they're probably, like, the most creative out of anyone. Oh. And I think I talked about this uh, when we did the TJIF thing, Um, but there was an episode where they, like, would sneak off to a club and role-play as strangers to one another.
0: I remember this now, yes.
1: So I would say, out of anyone, they definitely put in the most effort. Now, that could mean they're lacking and they're desperate. <laughs> or it could mean they mean business and they're going to have sex come hell or high water. It could go mm-hmm. either way with that couple.
0: I think Frank is the one I, I, I struggle to read because like, they, they tried to make him out as like this like all-American, like masculine man. He's a contractor, huge sports fan just, like, a real, like, man's man. Mm -hmm. But, like, he didn't play it that way. He played it, like, as this, like, bumbling, (laughs) stuttering, neurotic, like, weirdo. Yeah. (laughs) He's not what I would Um, imagine, like, as a man's man. He was just, like, always kind of, like, you know, just kind of (laughs) quaking and stumbling over his own words.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, okay, I think we mentioned this. Like, how the heck did he land Suzanne Summers to begin with? Um... Except I think she that. was attracted
0: to his financial stability. I think he had a good contracting business and she True. clearly like needed you know a some help, help getting her salon but going. But
1: there is an attractive quality to a strange man, like a man that has quirks, and you're not yes. really quite sure what those quirks are or the ramifications of those quirks, like that's there's mystery in the weird, and that could have been a thing for her too okay just saying
0: okay also boy meets world this is another Maybe. tricky one to try to figure out because okay. i don't even remember the parents i don't even know if the parents had names on boy meets world
1: i remember uh, i remember what they look like she had like dad short blonde hair
0: yeah the dad was was pretty good looking he was like a poor man's uh john schneider from dukes yeah, of hazard
1: he had that strong nose yes oh my gosh that's <laughs> That's a really good description. She was just kind of mom, like your typical 40-year-old. Maybe she wasn't supposed to be 40, but she just had that look like she had given up trying. <laughs> <laughs> you know she what I mean? She had a really mean? annoying
0: voice, too. like yeah. Like a really like nasally voice.
1: Yeah. But here's the thing with those people, okay? They look like your typical... Like, we're just going to go with our static routine. It's Tuesday. It's time to have sex. You know, like, Papa John's (laughs) is on sale. Okay? $5 medium pizzas. It's sex night because I don't have to cook. Like, that's how they strike me. So they could pick up the win just by freaking consistency to their boring schedule. Just saying. That's how they Mm -hmm. strike me.
0: Okay, I'm I'm reaching into my to my memory here. There was an episode of Boy Meets World where the dad had a hot tub installed into their bathroom. Oh,
1: I don't remember this.
0: And Eric, you know your your boy Eric.
1: Mm-hmm. Matthews.
0: He yes. was like, "Oh, dad! Oh, dad! You <laughs> sly dog!" And the dad was like, "Son." Maybe at your age it's a place for romance. For me it's just a for me it's just a nice <laughs> relaxing place to read. And I, BS I call BS on that. He is he is throwing his son off the scent. He is definitely installing that hot tub so that he can get freaky with their mom at night.
1: <laughs> That's so great. That's so great. Yeah. For sure. Cuz who wants to admit that to their teenage son?
0: Yeah, he was doing the kid a favor. Like you don't want to have to think about your parents getting down.
1: Yeah, yep, I would agree. But that's hysterical. It's hysterical that you remember that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that stuck with you. That stuck with the young Matthew Pierce. <laughs> there, was,
0: there wasn't a lot going on for that that version of Matthew Pierce. It was TJF was a big deal. Mhm, I remember. Tell that. All right, so I'm not exactly sure how I'm gonna rank these, but I I i to be honest, like I'm putting the Winslows down pretty low.
1: Really? Okay.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Um, I, don't I mean, know. they I...
1: are probably older of the couples, right?
0: Uh, I mean that they're all roughly the same. I guess like um, Uncle Jesse and Aunt Becky were probably the youngest.
1: the youngest. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess Susie and Summer seems a little bit younger to me than her husband on that show. But Yeah,
0: okay. So as a, as a woman, mm-hmm. how nice would Uncle Jesse's hair have had to have been for you to agree <laughs> to move into an attic to be his wife?
1: Oh man.
0: I mean, it was perfect, but is it is is that perfect hair enough?
1: I don't think I don't think so cuz we discussed this before. <laughs> I was ready to move in to Cody's van before I'd move into Jesse's attic with other people but uh yeah
0: i bet cody kept that van clean because every time he came on screen he was just like perfectly attired
1: yes he was he never looked dirty or smelly
0: he did not look like somebody who lived in a van
1: so i wonder then if uncle jesse had more going on for him than just that hair is that the question under the question (laughs)
0: Well, if he did, I'm sure everyone in the house heard it and Uncle Joey (laughs) recorded it. Okay,
1: before he got Becky, though, like, I feel like there was a time on that show where there was just like a string of women, like scantily clad women that would appear. And for the dad, too, for what was his name? Oh, my gosh, I'm blinking. Danny. Danny Tanner. Yeah, I feel like he had dated some scantily clad chicks. In the beginning of that show I don't too I remember
0: but... that I remember there was like a running joke or something About like Jesse dating strippers or, or dancers or something And then like yeah. as the show became more popular And more of a family thing They kind of had to scale some of that stuff back And make right. it more G-rated
1: well, Yeah, because remember he'd be like Have mercy But that all started yeah. like way back before Rebecca So
0: But that wasn't good hair, Uncle Jesse That no, was mullet Jesse that
1: <laughs> That was when he worked for his dad at the bug company or whatever, the pesticide. Yeah, yeah he was not the handsome one in the show back then. But yes. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe he had more going for him than just that hair.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm a, I don't know. Like I might I might go I might go dark horse. I might even say the the boy meets world parents. Mm-hmm. I might even put them number one. It's just something about the dad. He he just I don't know, the hot tub. That has always stuck with me. You know, if you're putting that in, you're spending right. that money, you've True. got plans for that.
1: And there was never any sexual tension between them. So that could I, be... I
0: think it had all been released. The previous <laughs> I think night.
1: so. Okay, but here's... Are we ready for my follow-up question? Oh, yeah. Who had the most fun sex?
0: Because you can have okay.
1: a lot of sex, but who is the most creative and having a really good time? You know what I mean? Like... Who are the crazy people?
0: Um,
1: <laughs> that's, that's the better question.
0: <clears throat> I don't feel like Frank Lambert is capable of that.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Like, I feel like he's just sort of going to be crying halfway through. <laughs>
1: His mind's going to be blown by Susan <laughs> Summers. He's just going <laughs> to sit there. <laughs>
0: um, I don't know. I, I've still got some questions about Carl Winslow. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he... he I don't know. I don't know what he's capable of either. I it's the quiet ones you got to watch though, to that's, me.
1: That's true. And
0: that leads me back to the boy meets world parents.
1: Yeah, yeah, you could be right. Because mm. it's like they have so much fun like they just don't have to give a heck about the rest of life. They can just chill on through. <laughs> that's where they that's where they like have their big, you know, explorations versus, like, you know...
0: Okay, so what are, what are your riding thoughts? Riding motorcycles.
1: I mean, I was rooting for the Winslows here just because of Harriet seeming like a discharged <laughs> kind of woman. I'm all about her. But... Uh, you might be right on this one. Like I don't see, cause see, Jesse's like a thrill seeker. Okay, there's a reason yeah. he's seeking thrills outside of the house, right? Like he's if, bungee if jumping. Own... Yeah, yeah, they're they have their own brand of thrill seeking. I think it's gonna be the ones that aren't out there, you know, skydiving and stuff that are if gonna have their crazy own
0: place. I would I would say Uncle Jesse.
1: Through. But that attic, you're right. There's a lot of constraints on that couple. So, either they, like, leave <laughs> and find their time, or that's why they're bungee jumping and skydiving and all of the crazy things. Um,
0: okay, I, I just looked up the uh, the parents from Boy Meets World because it was bugging me. Their names. Alan Matthews and Amy Matthews.
1: <laughs> Amy that's adorable <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's go ahead and root for them you know why not
0: Just something about like just like the quiet unassuming
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, you know probably voting Republican <laughs> probably going to like a like a like a very milk a toast Baptist Church on the Sundays oh,
1: yeah. they definitely have a special box in their closet let's be fair. For yeah. real.
0: probably all kinds of like role plays re- revolving around the grocery store. <laughs> he's, he's the manager that caught her shoplifting.
1: <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, all right. I'm with you on this, Matthew. I'll give up the Winslows. I'll agree to the Matthew family. I will agree. Plus, Plus, I mean, Corey is so straight-laced that...
0: That's a great point. He is definitely the kid whose parents are freaky.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Maybe he, like, walked in on them when he was, like, six, didn't totally understand what was going on, didn't buy their cover-up excuses, and Uh it has sort of, like, repressed him Uh from that point on.
1: Yeah. Yes, I think so. Because, yeah, yep.
0: And Eric is just too much of a uh, of a an airhead to really they could be doing it in the same room and he wouldn't (laughs) notice he
1: wouldn't notice ah that's good stuff yeah I think (sighs) you're right this is this is a good topic
0: very good Sarah Terrace (laughs) I I knew I knew that you were the only person Mm. that could handle this topic
1: nice I'm honored I'm honored to tackle this one again on TGIF
0: <clears throat> Okay pivoting seamlessly back into your book The book is called Women and Lust Exposed, uh-huh. Forgiven, and Embraced <laughs> By Sarah Terrace Or Saris as I'm going to start calling her From here on out
1: <laughs> Hashtag Saris
0: <clears throat> I can't decide if that sounds like a DJ Or like a like a, a conquering warlord
1: <laughs> It could go either way You know Warlord by day, DJ by night.
0: Well, thank you very much for coming back on the show. It's been a while since we've been on. It has. You're one of the core, core, core members of Fun Sexy Bible Time. Aww,
1: core, I dig it. Thank you for having me. You keep letting me back on, so either you have issues that should be discussed on other (laughs) podcasts, or you have glutton for punishment. Either way.
0: Oh, there are just very few evangelical thought leaders who can handle mm-hmm. Latasha Emanuel and TGIF.
1: Sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and,
0: and and you fit that bill, so... <laughs>